0: LaCroix. So, if you guys just like LaCroix, you yeah. should yeah. never talk about so, Alright, so continuing on the, uh, the uh, sermon, I'm going to have Anthony come up and we'll begin. Sorry. It's kind of a series, that's what I was going to say. So, you have heard it said, so I'm going to just pray for Anthony and then we'll begin. Um, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Anthony. We just thank you for the word that he's going to speak, uh, I pray that you would open up our hearts, open up our ears, and that. We just thank you for the word that you've given him. God, I pray that you would um, even convict us. <laughs> wow, that's kind of a strange thing to say, but convict us um, and change our hearts tonight. And God, I thank you for the offering, tithes and offering. Um, I pray that as we, as we give, um, that you would bless us. We thank you that, that that is the promise, that as we give, that you would give us back. So we just thank you that we, can, we have the honor to, to give tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Director Anthony. Yeah, <laughs> Guys, I have to say, first of all, we had a comedy of errors before service, so I just <laughs> want to thank the whole team. Thank you, Daniel, who didn't know he was emceeing until a couple hours ago, and does not normally do it. Thank you, Brother Daniel Wetstein, who normally has the computer in the back, and I have another mirrored screen, but we blew a fuse and fried some things, and we had to... Works and things around, so I have an amazing team. Yes. And other people stressed for me. Thank you, Justin, for <laughs> handling most of that stress. I appreciate it, but I, I am stressed about one thing I do want to say, is that sometimes we do have a bonfire at the game night, but that is when it's at Shamrock's house. Right. Guys, I do not want a fire upstairs. <laughs> there should not be a fire next week. <laughs> no to the team. All right, we're going through Matthew 5. I apologize for my voice. I got a little bit of sinuses going on, but it's going to be cool, and it makes me sound so neat. I actually don't hate it. But we are going through Matthew chapter five, where Jesus says, "You've heard it said, but I say to you." Now, what's going on here is that Jesus has situated himself on a mountain. Is this quicker going to work for me? And uh, yeah, well, just because we can figure out. Oh, yep. Forward one more slide. Oh, this is going to be an interesting evening, guys. I apologize. So Jesus goes up onto a mountain, sits down, and he's talking to a crowd. And he starts dictating authoritative, do this, don't do this kind of statements. It would have echoed Moses receiving the law and giving it to the people of Israel on the mountain, which was the pivotal moment, right, In, in their formation as a nation. It was when God said, this is the way I want you to live life. It was incredible. God wrote the law himself on stone tablets. Moses comes down, faith shining and, and dictates to the people the law of God. And Jesus, Jesus is intentionally mirroring this. And he starts out with the Beatitudes and then jumps right into, hey, you've heard, but I'm now telling you this. Everyone would have said, oh my gosh, this guy is interpreting the law for us in fresh ways. And he's speaking with authority. It would have been amazing. Next slide, please. So this is our section for Today did not. Oh my gosh. I might just preach from my phone. All right, I'm just going to grab my phone and go off the phone. My slideshow. Oh, there we go. Thank you, Daniel. Sweet. Okay. Matthew 5, 38-42. This is the gut punch for the evening for all of us. You have heard that it was said, eye for eye and tooth for tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt... Hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Now that's tough, right? I want to address first of all, next slide please, that I've heard a lot of people talk about this as if Jesus is advocating pacifism. Okay? I do not believe that this is the case. Next slide Here's the guy that said this. All right, next one, Daniel. This is Jesus, the same guy that preached this. All right, in John two fourteen to fifteen, in the temple courts, <laughs> who knows where I'm going here? Right. He found people selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he did what anyone in their right mind would do. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. So we got animals running everywhere, okay? (laughs) He scattered the coins of money and overturned their tables. Interesting for a pacifist, okay? (laughs) Next slide. Here's some some interesting parts of the Gospels we gloss over where they want to kill Jesus. And it's like, but he got away. Okay, let's look at this. John 10, 31 to 32 and 39. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. They're going to kill him dead right there. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father, for which of these do you sow me? Again they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. I think we read right past this in the Bible and we say, oh, that's good, Jesus got away. Or we think maybe he like vaporized and turned into mist or something and like was able to scoot by. But I read a book in seminary that said the obvious, all right? It was called Christianity 101. And the guy describes Jesus this way. Next slide. He probably had the physique of a laborer. So he was a carpenter, but that also entailed like working with stone and stuff. So Jesus was probably a solid dude, man. He probably had broad shoulders and strong arms. His face was tanned and furrowed by exposure to sun and wind, strain and pain. He either intimidated the people that wanted to seize him into powerlessness Or simply tore himself out of their hands and walked away when they tried to subdue him. Could that possibly be Jesus? Yes, it could be Jesus. I do not believe for one minute, even though before I studied this, I kind of struggled with this. Like It says don't resist an evildoer, right? We're going to get into that in a second. But Jesus doesn't live the life of a pacifist. And I don't think we're supposed to either. So just briefly, as an an aside, Keith, I was gonna embarrass you that you've got friends here tonight, so I won't. Um, When Keith was like 12 years old, uh, (laughs) maybe a little bit. Is a little bit okay? Okay, he says, sure, he's like biting his nails and stuff. Whatever, you know. Okay, so he's at the park with his seventh grade friends doing seventh grader things. They're playing on the swing set, playing tag, right? I mean, you're just a wee little skinny thing which used to be the case before he was bigger than me. And this kid who was a great ahead of him, but had been held back, comes to the park, Keith, is this true? And starts saying things. He still won't tell me when he was calling you guys and pushing you guys around. Is this true? Yeah. Yep. So Keith says, hey, you're not going to come here and talk to my friends that way. And so the guy pushes him. And he says something to the effect of, kind sir, please leave. And the kid pushes him again. And then what happened after that? He punched him in the face. That's right. The kid punches Keith in the face, right? And then something takes hold of my son. And this much older child runs away bleeding and has to tell his mother that he was beat up by a gang of kids. No kidding. So, and the police officer that came to Keith's house later that day Said that everything was fine, that all the other kids at the park agreed that the kid had come, he'd been violent, and he'd been a bully. So I had one of those like super proud dad moments where I was like, Keith, you stood up for your friends against this like really nasty older kid that actually meant to do you physical harm. I'm so proud of you. But we had to have other conversations later. I am proud for that moment, by the way. There's other stuff that I'm like, Keith, what are you doing? But, like, was I supposed to tell my son, like, oh, don't do that. Jesus would have wanted you guys to get pushed around and insulted and just leave the park. I don't believe that for a minute. But there are some caveats that we are going to talk about in a moment. Next slide. Listen to this verse. This is super key. This is from Revelation chapter 5. And this gets at the heart of what I want to say. John and everybody in heaven, he's having a vision, are distraught because there's no one that can open a scroll. Right? And then he hears this. Do not weep. See the lion. Somebody say lion. Lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. And he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. So John looks and it says, then I saw a lamb. Look, see the lion. I look and I saw a lamb. Looking as if it had been slain. Standing at the center of the throne. This is Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah, and he is. Being portrayed as a slain lamb, which he is. And so people, including myself, have asked the wrong question. Which is he, the lion or the lamb? And the answer, of course, is both, right? But I want to make an interesting observation. Next slide, please. A lamb could never pretend to be this. A lamb could never, ever put on a good show and have people think it was a lion, could it? Because it's always going to be a weak, wimpy lamb. But when a lion, next slide, chooses to act like this, knowing that it's a lion, that's profound. Part of the depth of the cross is that Jesus was the lamb of God because he was the sacrifice for our sins. But the whole time, C.S. Lewis captured it, man, with Aslan on the stone table the whole time he was being treated like a lamb and allowing himself to be treated that way, he was the lion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a lot of conversations with Keith after that encounter about why 99% of the time someone can hit you and it's still the right thing to do to do what, Keith? Walk away. You always respond. You've got friends here tonight, it's fine. Walk away. <laughs> I remember, he's like, no, that that can never be okay. It's never okay to just walk away if somebody hits you. I'm like, yeah, most of the time it actually is. Like, you manage to run into one of the rare occurrences where acting as you did is actually the right thing to do. But most of the time, it's important to know that you're lying. And you could do physical harm to someone if you wanted to. But to take it on the chin, sometimes literally, and walk away. Next slide. Let's dive into this. This verse is not... ...preaching pacifism, okay? It's just not. But it is preaching a correction of a twisted truth. Next slide. This is from David, my man, Guzik... ...at BlueLetterBible.org. He points out, I know it, amen? The Mosaic Law did teach... ...an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It absolutely did, in Exodus 21. But over time, religious teachers... ...moved this command out of its proper sphere... It was meant to limit governmental retribution for crime. They moved it out of that sphere and put it in the wrong sphere. An obligation in personal relationships. So instead of God giving the law, which meant, hey, you can't, like, you don't get the death penalty for stealing a Snickers. Like, that is not okay. You know? (laughs) A Snickers for a Snickers, man. You know? But they took what God intended to be good. And now it's like, if I don't get even, I'm losing. Yep. If I allow someone to get one over on me, I should be ashamed. I should never let someone get one over on me. Eye for an eye. I need to get even. I need to win. I'm not going to allow people to see me be taken advantage of after all. Didn't the Bible say, eye for eye and tooth for tooth? And in this way, we can even take good truth from God and twist it. I don't want to lose. I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want to be the guy that people think they can just peck at and take advantage of. I'm certainly not going to get punched in the face and walk away. I don't want people to think I'm that dude and God doesn't either well maybe he does next slide I tell you do not resist an evil person but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek turn to them the other cheek also I love David Music. because he says he can be like super scholarly and then funny he says God didn't say if someone hits you with a bat <laughs> turn the other cheek you know it's just, that's different This is definitely a slap, and it had a certain connotation in their culture. Slide. This is from the good old NIV study Bible, which weighs 60 pounds and is worth it. The Greek means slaps with the back of the hand, and it was more an insult than an act of violence. And resist in this context, next slide, probably means in a court of law. So he's saying it's better to be publicly insulted even twice than to take the matter to court. And I read that and I thought, sure, but that seems like you're just trying to justify yourself and I don't really get, like, maybe you resist means in court, maybe it doesn't. So I read some more commentaries and David Guzik mentions another guy. I I just give you these rabbit trails so you know how I work. And a guy points out that according to the Mishnah, which I've never read in my life from the second century, kind of a collection of Jewish laws, if you slap someone, you were liable. Next slide. I went to the Mishnah and I checked it out. This is from Mishnah BK86. My favorite. I know, my favorite Mishnah, <laughs> that I've ever read. It's the only one. <laughs> Check this out. If a man boxed the ear of his fellow, he must pay him a se'la. I don't know how much that is. If he slapped him, he must pay 200 zuz. <laughs> Again, I don't know how much that is. If he slapped him with the back of the hand, he must pay him 400 zuz. Oh, Ooh, we're getting up there. I have no idea what those amounts of money are. But you know what I do know? Check it out. Listen. The guy in Matthew 5 who got slapped was owed money. The guy who got slapped is being told by Jesus, don't go get your 400 zuz. Give him the other cheek. He was entitled to this. He could get it. Eye for an eye. The law says you slap me, I get your money. And Jesus is like, I don't want you to work that way. That might be what you say is the right way to do it. Here's how I say is the best way to do it. You get insulted and don't seek retribution. Next slide, please. Let go of getting even. Just let go. You aren't obligated, and it is not your job. Next slide. This means we must, somebody say it, Forgive. forgive Pastor Sager, where'd you go, Pastor Sager? They ran off. They ran off. Okay, you're in the bag. Awesome. Like 10 years ago, you came to New Day, and you preached about uh, the servant who was forgiven the huge amount of money and the servant who wouldn't forgive his fellow servant a tiny amount of money, and you walked silently for five seconds, and you said, do you realize that that's lunch money? You said, do you realize some of you haven't spoken with your wife in a week over lunch money? You know, Jesus has forgiven us this huge debt, and you won't forgive this tiny little thing? Let it go, man. That has stuck with me all these years. You know, whenever I get irritated, I'm like, that's lunch money. Let it go. Jesus is saying, drop it. Don't get even. Forgive. Now, I'm talking about insults, okay? Things of that nature. I'm not talking about huge, incredible damage. And I always want to go down this rapid trail when I talk about forgiveness. Because great evil is sometimes done to people. For those of you who may have experienced things that are evil, okay, abuse, things of that nature, I have three verses I'd like to share with you real quick, okay? Slide. Deuteronomy 32, 34 to 36. God says, have I not kept this in reserve and sealed it in my vault? It is mine to avenge, I will repay. In due time, their foot will slip, their day of disaster is near, and their doom rushes upon them. The Lord will vindicate his people. So this is God saying, I want you to forgive. I want you to completely clear your heart of any desire to get even with this person because that's my job. But it only says that once, right? Actually, it says it twice. Next slide. Romans twelve eighteen to 19. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. Let's go for three. Next slide. (laughs) Hebrews 10, 30 to 31. For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. If you have suffered incredible evil, yes, you must forgive. But no one gets away from it. And you are not saying, this will never be taken care of and they win. You are allowing God to do his job. And if you want to know more about that, next slide. I actually preached a sermon a while back called Redemption. Isn't that catchy? Charming. I know. And it's all about how God is our redeemer and our avenger. All right, moving on. Next slide. Let's get into the application. There's a better way than needing to get even all the time. Next slide. The first one is endure. The second is to take control. And the third is to give them what they don't deserve. Give them what they don't deserve. Forgiveness is the foundation for all of this. Okay? And it takes a lion to forgive. You can't be a lamb and forgive. Did you know that? You can't be a weakling and forgive. You know what it looks like to forgive when you're a weak, small person that thinks you're a weak, small person? It actually just shows up in passive-aggressive behavior. It shows up in bitterness. It shows up in believing that you're actually really weak and maybe a martyr complex, that kind of stuff. That's not letting it go alright alright let's move on endure next slide here's how Jesus modeled this Matthew 26 67 to 68 he's on trial and it says they spit in his face and struck him with their fists and others slapped him that's exactly what we're talking about and said prophesy to us Messiah who hit you and the lion lets it go but he doesn't stop being a lion because he's letting it go. He, he can let it go because he is the lion. Does that make sense? Next slide. Next, after we forgive, after we endure it, you take control. Now, that might seem like a funny thing to say. Take control of the situation. but it's exactly what you have to do. And this is what Jesus says to do. Next slide, please, Daniel. Jesus says, if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles, 540 to 41. Does that sound like taking control? Anybody? I didn't think so either. I got one nod. Very skewed. Are we doing okay? Is this good? We're okay on time? Awesome. You could not take away someone's coat in Jewish culture. It was forbidden specifically in the Old Testament. Because you could sue someone and take something as Collateral. And so, like, usually the outer garment that people wore all the time, I, sometimes that was wool, man, that was valuable. So, man, I, you know, I don't want your bicycle, I want your motorcycle. You know, I don't want your, your shirt, give me that nice wool coat. But the law said no, because that's the only thing that people had to keep themselves warm at night. So you could take the shirt, but you could not take the coat. And Jesus is saying, if someone wants to sue you and take your shirt... Give them the coat. Roman law said that a Roman soldier could take a Jewish man and make him carry his stuff for a mile. Which was super irritating, ruined your lunch plans, and was humiliating. Right? So the Jewish people didn't like that so much. And Jesus says, don't just not resent it. Okay? We're not just getting over it now. We're going on the offensive. Don't just not resent it. Don't just not have bitter, hateful feelings in your heart. Go two miles. Wow, that's interesting. Next slide. David Guzik again. Positively, we are told to take command of evil impositions by making a deliberate choice to give more than we are required. And this is how we transform an attempt to manipulate us into a free act of love. Does anybody have any manipulative people in their lives? Maybe people that are hard to please. Maybe a boss. You know what I mean? I heard Jocko Willink, actually, if you guys know who that is, talking about difficult bosses. You know, he was a Navy SEAL. He said that some of my commanders were so overbearing. You know, they'd ask you to do a bunch of just meaningless stuff. And he said, I handled every incompetent or overbearing boss the same way. I did twice as much as they told me to do. And he just handled it always that way. From a position of humility in a position of wanting to be the best that's exactly what I'm talking about Jesus says don't just be the kind of person who gets over it, that's important, forgive now go on the attack now be proactive, transform it they tried to manipulate you ha, the little spiritual now you're loving them so it's not that they're getting one over on you they are receiving a blessing from you it's totally shifted it's active, it's like fighting back in a way And this is exactly the way the Bible talks about it. Next slide. In Romans 12, 21, it says, this is how we win. We think it feels like losing. But Paul says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Take those things that feel like impositions and insults and use them against (laughs) the enemy and against the person who's treating you that way by blessing them with a free act of love that takes ground. Does that make sense? Can you do that if you're a lamb? If you're weak, I mean, we're called to be sheep. I'm, I'm mixing my metaphors here. I know it. it. takes a strong person to do this, does it not? You have to know that you are a son or a daughter of the lion of the tribe of Judah who allowed himself to be slain for you. You have to have a similar heart to live in a similar way. Next slide. And next slide again, just a little reminder there. I love that lion picture, man. So good. You'll probably see that again. Just spoil spoiler alert. All right, next slide. Last one, give them what they don't deserve. Next slide. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. Next slide. Just real simple. This is the opposite mentality of the one we started with. Mm -hmm. The first mentality was, you slap me, I get paid. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. You're not getting one over on me, man. I'm going to get what I can get. This mentality says, who can I bless that does not deserve me to bless them? So somebody asks you for five bucks and you've got it. Your first thought is, why should I give you five bucks? You don't deserve it. You have no claim on this money. This is my money. Go get a job. (laughs) You know, the opposite heart of the guy who wants satisfaction for a slap is the guy who just never seems to have any money because he's always giving away his loose change, right? They're the kind of person that walks down the street and the bum comes up and asks for a coffee. He buys him the coffee and his friends say, he's here every day. And this guy says... I drink coffee every day, (laughs) right? I mean, we're just supposed to have a radically different heart and mindset Mm -hmm. than the people are always trying to look out for number one and get even. But it all starts with forgiveness. And so I want to end with forgiveness. Next slide and next slide. C.S. Lewis, the man himself, from mere Christianity, said this, Everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until he has something to forgive. Maybe every single one of us in this room has something that, man, in the name of Jesus, you need to get over. It. You need to forgive it. You need to forgive them. You need to forgive him. You need to forgive her. Maybe it's mom. Maybe it's dad. Maybe it's a co-worker. But you are falling victim to this eye-for-eye eye and tooth-for-tooth tooth mindset, when you should be overcoming that and overcoming evil with good. So I want to give everyone an opportunity tonight. Just bow your heads right now. I thought we were over time. We're not. We're going to pray for like 15, 20 minutes just real quick. <laughs> bow your head. Father God, I just ask you to bring to mind someone or something that has happened that has caused this Bitterness, God, it's like a thorn in our heart, God, where we need to get even. We want satisfaction. We want to get it resolved. Maybe there's an anger. Maybe it's long-standing. Something, God, that we need to forgive. And Lord, I pray that you give the grace to all of these men and women right now to forgive, to get over it, and to find a way to take control and actively bless in the place of that attempt to insult or manipulate or smear or trip up. And Father, we just say yes to what you're bringing to mind right now. We just say yes. And we ask you, God, to give us the heart of a lion that knows when to act like a lamb out of strength and humility. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. guys, here's Daniel to (laughs) close.